65% of all users had said that using the app had led to positive outcomes. About a third said that using the app had led to increased income for them. Many, many people indicated that they'd learnt a lot more about weather just by using the app. Welcome to Nourishing Matters to Chew On, a podcast that takes its cue from big picture, healthy and sustainable food system agendas and digs in to explore their implications and how they are landing here in Australia. I'm Anthea Fawcett, founder of Foodswell, sustainability advocate and a farmer's daughter from New South Wales. Join me on a journey across our food and agricultural landscapes as I speak with inspiring people who are tackling parts of the wicked puzzle to enable change toward a healthier, more sustainable, fair and resilient food system and environment. I acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connections to land, water and culture. I acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome, Anne. Thanks so much for speaking with me. Pleasure, Anthea. Great to see you. (laughs) I'm speaking with Anne Starrists, who, amongst many things, is a knowledge broker and senior research fellow with the Southern Queensland and Northern New South Wales Drought Resilience Adoption and Innovation Hub that is based out of the University of Southern Queensland. And we met via the, um, I think we met via the Future Drought Fund Science to Practice Forum that was on recently and held over three days online and that amongst many great presentations and discussions included a film about Climate, an app that's been developed for farmers and rural communities. And it struck me as just such a gem of a tool, um, of an app and a tool that people might really like to know much more about. So thank you for the opportunity to speak with you, uh, to learn more about and to share information about this great app that I think you currently steward. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure about steward, but I certainly uh, feel a little bit of uh, ownership there, having put a bit of effort in over 18 months uh, researching its use. And uh, I see a lot of value in the little app and, uh, you know, I'd like to see it continue and I'd like to spread the word, actually, Anthea. And can you introduce Climate? That's, that's uh, if you're looking for it, people, that's uh, Climate with a capital C and a capital M you can Google for. And tell us about what the overall aim of the app is, uh, how long it's been around and, and what it offers to farmers, a bit of a snapshot. Yeah, sure. Um, the Australian Climate app, it was originally developed in 2013 as a smartphone app by two chaps, David Freeburn and David McClymon of RPS Australia. The idea was to allow users to query long-term climate records, rainfall, temperature and radiation, for example, for a particular location and time period. It was then redeveloped uh, into version two in 2017 as part of a national uh, managing climate variability program. Uh, It was redeveloped by University of Southern Queensland and GRDC, the Grains Research and Development Corporation. And, um, and so this incorporated a number of other calculations, including heat sum, soil water, nitrate accumulation, yield potential, a few other things. So it was developed for agriculture, really, to help identify the chances of certain weather conditions and compare previous seasons are basically to help with making decisions and manage climate risk. Oh, fantastic. So it's a planning tool that helps farmers to manage and to plan for, for climate variability. It brings diverse climate and other farming and growing condition information together, as you've just sort of outlined, in one easy to access and use place on your phone or on your computer. Let's talk now in a bit greater detail about the information it provides and the analyses or the snapshots, the strategic snapshots that people can click on and and, and use. I understand there are some eight to 10 key areas. Sure. Yeah, there's about, well, there are 10 tools actually available in the app. Um, There's a few key ones that farmers and advisors are using. 
largely, but I'll just sort of list the main ones here or most of them. Um, there's one called Seasons Progress when um, you can ask questions like how does the current season compare with previous seasons in terms of rainfall or temperature or heat sum or, or radiation. So you can look at graphs and compare this year with other years. Uh, there's another one called How Often, which is what is the chance of a sowing event that might happen a certain amount of rainfall over, say, five days, or what's the probability of temperature being below a critical level for, say, germination or for flowering for crops. There's another one called How Wet and Nitrogen, which looks at water and nitrate that you might have stored in your soil over a fallow period. And then you can adjust your inputs on the following crop to better match the yield that you might expect. There's another one called how hot, cold. So you might be looking to find an ideal sowing time. And when are the heat and cold stresses the least for the optimum flowering period, for an example? Then there's how likely, which is what's the probability that rainfall or temperature is greater than or less than certain amounts. And the tool can give you a little indication of how reliable some of this information has been in the past, these forecasts. There's an El Nino indicator and there's a How's the Past, which is also quite um, popular, which presents monthly and annual rainfall and temperature summaries so that you can explore relationships and patterns. And the other three is a yield calculator, a trend analyzer and a drought update tool as well. So it's quite comprehensive, very much based on historical weather data and with some forecast capacity. Across each of those sort of fields, it, it can show trends and the historical record, which is really amazing. Absolutely. It's great to see it visually, Anthea. Mm, mm. I've downloaded it on my phone for Edgeroy in northern New South Wales, so I'm enjoying that. <laughs> can you tell us which of the key areas or those analyses that you've just summarised from your discussions with users suggest are considered the most useful or the most valuable? Are, are there some that stand out? Yeah, definitely. The ones that are used mostly in agriculture, but probably the most useful more broadly, are ones that look at basic climate data. So they'd be the how likely, how's the season, how often, and how's the past. So between 50 to 70% of all of our users are using those four tools and they present information in different ways on the screen. But So this is sort of suggesting that users are using the tool to look forward to identify the likelihood of certain conditions like that might be needed to produce a certain yield of crops or livestock feed, as, as well as comparing the current season with previous seasons. Uh, for example, if a farmer needed, say, 30 to 40 mils of rain um, over a set period to enable them to sow, they can query the app to see how likely receiving that amount of rain might occur over any particular three or four days or a week for any any week, uh, say for October through to January, to look at every single week and pick which week it's most likely to occur. And that way it will help you plan ahead. Um, you can also use the app to see what chances there are of, say, the soil temperature being above a certain figure. For instance, planting fairly early in September. For summer crops, you're thinking about soil temperature. You don't want it to be uh, too low. So you can check that out, the likelihood of that uh, in a particular year. So pretty handy. In livestock production, producers are using the app similarly to identify the likelihood of rain, enough rain to produce enough pasture or forage growth. And this helps them manage their livestock feed needs, plan it out, and, and the herd numbers that they can carry over a particular season as well. That's fantastic. In the film that I saw part of the future 
drought fund science to practice forum, the film indicated that people who know about the app, like if you know about it, people are using it. And something, and I think it said that something like 50% of users are farmers and something like about 28% of users are agricultural consultants or advisors. Would you like to comment or, or elaborate upon who, who uses the app and perhaps tell us something about the interesting things you've found from evaluation of it that you've done, I think, recently in 2018 and, and perhaps more recently you've been having discussions with farmers uh, about what they find particularly useful? Yeah, sure. I think the number of farmer users has gone up a little bit, which is good, the percentage of um, of the users who are farmers. Um, Yes, we interviewed and surveyed users of the app from across Australia a few years ago now. We found a range of different people were using it, largely farmers, advisors, but also scientists and other people working in rural industries, for instance, bankers and insurance officers. They're all very interested to obtain some sort of indication or likelihood of receiving rain or favourable weather conditions that are necessary for producing a a reasonable crop. The probability data, for, for example, say, 60% of getting enough rain to produce a crop. It's then used to help identify how much inputs to use. For instance, how how much fertiliser our growers can vary, the amount of fertiliser they might initially put in the ground before they sow their crop, Uh, and that will depend on some forecasts, and they can look at uh, historically how that fits. Also planning what number of livestock, as we said, they can carry over a season. You know, if it says there's 40% of likelihood of getting enough rain to carry their current herd numbers, then they might need to rethink certain things. It's also been used by farmers and advisors to help plan irrigation. So looking on um, the likelihood of rain, so when they're likely to have to irrigate. I found it quite interesting to see how bankers and ag ag insurers were using it or, or just the fact that they were using it and relying on it quite heavily in some way for the those who were using it because um, they found the app useful to see the chances of favourable weather conditions and obviously returns. So it's also been used to teach students about weather uh, within various teaching programs around the place and um, many, many people indicated that they'd learnt a lot more about weather just by using the app too. Mm, just getting familiar with all those data sources and graphs and what they mean and interact with each other, that's that's fascinating. The app draws upon, collates and analyzes data from diverse sources into really user-friendly information, as you've just said. Can you tell us a bit about or paint a bit of a picture of how place or farm-specific the climate information is? Like, you know, the primary source, I think, um, of information comes from local weather stations, doesn't it? Yes, yes. When you ask the app to do a query, you can nominate a location or choose a weather station from a huge list And so you can choose your nearest weather station. If you're a farmer, if you're an advisor, you're changing that all the time, depending on where you're going to talk to your various clients. So in that sense, it's it's reasonably specific for your your location and your district. However, um, we all know how variable storms can be in showers. So, you know, one paddock might get good rain and another might not on the same farm and in the same district. So it's it's not the exact detail that you want probably all you know, would love for your paddock. But it's it's pretty currently a pretty useful tool, especially to look at trends, but also to look at the range of variability or the extent of extremes even in rainfall or temperature that have happened in the past and that potentially could be likely to happen again in the future. Mm, quite a practical but very strategic source of information to feed into sort of planning and decision making isn't it Mm. I think what you get out of it is what you put in in terms of your thinking really yeah yeah. (laughs) 
Aaron, would you like to tell me about any interesting, I don't know, stats or trends in in uptake of the app and use of the app? Yeah, sure, Anthea. Um, well, currently there's around 13,000 um, registered users in Australia, uh, many of whom are using the app quite regularly through the season. Of those, I think 40% might be grain growers and 30% involved in animal production. 20% are not directly involved in agriculture. So that's interesting. Oh, the other thing was as part of that evaluation that we did, it was Interesting to me to see that 65% of all users had said that using the app had led to positive outcomes for them and their business. And also almost 50% said it had improved their decision-making and the advice that they were giving. You know, I thought that was figures to me were really quite, quite powerful. And interestingly, about a third of all the users said that using the app had led to increased income for them. Win, win, win on all fronts, it sounds. Climate change and planning for risk and variability is, of course, challenging for everybody. And especially so for mixed generation farming families often, especially if uh, climate change is considered contentious or, or in the hard basket to talk about. Something I also love from the film and the discussion around it was that the app can be used as a great conversation starter for intergenerational conversations and no doubt within communities to, to highlight trends and facts over time as, as a starting point to sort of have a, a neutral conversation to get into the curly stuff. Would you like to talk about that or, or comment on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, one of the things I found very pleasing when I talked to farmers about how they were using the tool, what was uh, the, the discussion, the role it was taking in discussions. The first thing I suppose though was the output was very visual on a screen, you know, on your iPad, iPhone or on your computer screen. And it's often a screen with a graph it might show the current year, but it also showed the range of previous years. Yes, all 100 of them <laughs> and or more and some likelihood of the following months as well. So to have this data on your phone on a little screen in the paddock is very useful because you're out there planning and thinking when you're in the field. And you're talking to your advisor when you're in the field. And you're also often talking to other members of your business or family and discussing what you're going to do in each paddock when you're in the field. So <laughs> having the visual screen there gives you a focus point for discussion. And also a lot of people rely on their memory uh, when they're talking about, you know, the last couple of years, you know, puts, puts it all right there in front of you what actually happens. So uh, although most farmers do keep good records that, you know, when they're planning, they often are relying on that memory. And so this app is right there to see what actually did happen over the past previous season. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because your memory of the experience of the season might be coloured by all sorts of things, but actually being able to go back to the base data. Absolutely. Yeah, I found that young, younger farmers had told me about how they were using the visual part, the graphs, when they were having uh, discussions, you know, with the other generations in their families. Uh, often maybe older farmers might be less likely to check on historical data, trends and records digitally at least and, and maybe relying on memory. And so this was just a great way to really focus the conversation and, and uh, be right there in front of you, 60% chance of something, you know, you've really got something to grab or hold to. It's, it's not what if this, what if that. It's 60% chance of something or 40% chance of something else. So you look at your planning around both the options. So, yeah, it's been used to help plan next year's crops, how much crop to grow, um, when to plant, as we said, what variety, whether quick or slow, and fertiliser inputs, depending on what the season's going to look like. 
So that's just a few examples. You can use that data, relate it to financial and profit data which you might have to hand or have in other apps that are increasingly available. So that's fascinating, positive stuff. Any further comments or suggestions you'd like to share about the app and how, how people can use it? Um, yeah, I suppose a couple of things I found when I was evaluating the user data. Um, a number of producers uh, from various industries had used the app quite extensively to investigate historical weather patterns in a range of locations around different states in order that they might move or extend their production base. For example, in horticulture or viticulture particularly, people had bought other properties to extend their production, extend their production base across a range of climates so they can meet meet markets at different times of the year. And they had used Climate as the tool. That that was their tool to make really big decisions uh, around these things. People, I've met people who had bought new properties and they'd use the app again to choose the location of that property. And that was in uh, that was beef cattle. So where there's a higher historical chance of rain at certain times. So you, you can you can probably understand different lay of the land, different rain shadows, different this, different that. It'll show up in the app. Over time, yeah. Because of the weather stations. That's right. So personally, I used the app when I bought a house myself in southeast Queensland. I just looked at all the minimum temperatures because I hate the cold. <laughs> So I looked to find um, where was the least cold for me in winter. In cold old Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the cold. Uh, so, uh, but past data from the first version of the app um, showed, interestingly, extensive use by aged care institutions and hospitals um, looking at historical and forecast temperatures, you know, around, I guess, planning air conditioning and, you know, activities and things like that. So in this sense, the app's got quite a lot of potential, really, I feel, not just for agriculture, but as a tool to just simply as a a simple tool to interrogate weather data for any use. Um, The value to me is largely in its portability and simple visual output. It actually hides a lot of data behind the scenes that often when you try and interrogate other climate data systems, you have to work your way through. So this is a lot simpler, I find. That's fascinating. So it's got really wide potential application and really important application in public health and hospital and aged care and really any vulnerable community uh, setting where people are really uh, vulnerable to extreme heat or extreme conditions. That's that's really powerful. Yeah, but also any industry too, Anthea, that relies on weather conditions could use it for planning, not just agriculture. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way for people to access and use the Climate app? Do they go to search for Climate, that's with a capital C and capital M on your app finder, and or Google Climate on the net and register? Is that pretty much all that's involved, Anne? Well, yes, but I'd suggest doing a search, say, on Google using the terms Australian Climate App and you can then go to the website and use the tool from there on the web or if you go to the App Store and just search Australian Climate, even if you don't have a capital M, it it will pick it up and you can download the app for your mobile device that way. There's also a bit of info on the website if you do that uh, initial search with some information and various presentations as well. Fantastic. And it's it's free and available to everyone and anyone, yeah? Absolutely, yes. Mm, thank you, Anne. Such a pleasure to speak with you. And um, I hope people will get out there and use the app much, much more. It's a, it's a great little tool. Thank you. Thanks, Anthea. That's great. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation offered some nourishing food for thought. To listen to more episodes of Nourishing Matters to Chew On, head to Foodswell's podcast page at foodswell.org.au 
backslash nourishing or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch via Instagram at nourishing underscore matters and on Facebook at nourishing matters to chew on. If you like what you hear and would like to support us, you can buy us a coffee or donate at givenow.com.au backslash nourishing or give us a rating and a review in your favourite podcast app so other people can find us too. Nourishing Matters to Chew On is proud to be on the Climactic Network of Podcasts and part of a collective of podcasters dedicated to inspiring positive action around climate change. Check out the other great podcasts on the Climactic Network at www.climactic.fm.